This is Reverend Chuck Blair. Welcome to our weekly podcast on New Church Live. So, are we ready to hear a story? Yes. So I want to tell you a story. I want to tell you a story today about three wise men. And this is the story of seeking the miracle light in the midst of darkness. Now, this is part of a series we've been doing this Christmas. And we've looked at hearing the beauty, sharing the message. And let's say these three words together really loud. This week we're looking at seeking the miracle. What is it like to seek the miracle? Even in times of darkness, what does it look like to seek the miracle? So what I want to do is I want to read you a story from the Bible, a short one dealing with the three wise men. And then what I want to do is I want to sort of start to break it apart. Now, now not everybody in here is, is, is probably some of you have never even been to church before. Or maybe you're joining us online and you've never been to church before. This is a very famous part of the story, the Christmas story we're going to look at today. And it's a story of three wise men, three magi, who travel because they see a star in the sky. They travel, and they travel to see Christ as an infant. That's, that's the quick narrative of the story. But I want to read for you how the story is portrayed in the Gospel of Matthew. After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea, during the time of King Herod, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, Where is the one who has been born King of the Jews? We saw his star in the east and have come to worship him. A beautiful line, and, it, and it, there's so much packed in this. I mean, it's, it's, it's a little like you could almost take every sentence and start to pull it apart. And, and what does this really mean? And we, we, we really want to try to live into the story. Like, what would it be like to have lived as those three people? Wise men, wise women. What would it have been like to live as they lived? Well, you have to think, all right, so, so, so they saw the star. They saw the star up in the sky. It's, a lot of theologians will talk about the fact, obviously, they were really good at astronomy. They saw the star. How were they able to see the star? You're going to complete this for me. It's simple. They saw the star because they were, they were looking. <laughs> I mean, that's simple. They saw the star. Can we say looking together? They saw the star because they were looking. That's simple. That. Simple. Yeah, I think I know with my life, I spent so much of my life with this general orientation. <laughs> you know, and the idea of actually looking for the star, that I actually have to rise above my normal life to actually see the sky, actually know the sky well enough to know when there's something different. And you think about them sitting out there in the, in the middle of the plains and, and this beautiful, beautiful night sky, and then all of a sudden, like, bang, there it is. It's beautiful star, which we'll see on the next slide. The star's coming. They're just waiting. Up. You look at this line, folks, and you think about what they were thinking about. It will multiply your seed as the stars of the heaven. Like, what that would have meant to them. What that would have meant to them. This was an Old Testament passage. So here are these guys, and they're, they're standing around year zero, literally, and, and they're looking up in the sky, and they see this star, and, and their minds, I imagine, went back to this thought. You know, thousands of years before, when this prophecy had been given, and it was given to this man called Abraham, and Abraham's brought out of his tent, and God says, I will multiply your seed, I'm going to have you say the Star Wars there, multiply your seed as the 
stars of the heaven. So looking up and just seeing these beautiful, incredible, amazing stars. It was interesting, you know, as we were talking about this in our sermon writing team, we talked about that. Like the, the head of the team said, yeah, isn't it interesting with seeds and stars and how they connect? See, here's something to think about. You know, kind of like, oh yeah, that's kind of cool. Seeds and stars both need dark. Think about that. Seeds and stars both need dark. Now I want to talk about what that means by stepping over here and talking about what that, what that really can look like. And, and, you know, sort of the so what of all this. Like, what does all this mean? Well, I think about light. And I think about the idea of dark, how darkness works. And let's just, let's just start with a seed. Like, like there's no plant that just grows straight out in the light. Like if I take this bulb and I pull it out of the dirt and I stick it by this light saying, grow faster, grow faster, grow faster, you know all I end up with is a fried onion. You know, that's it. There's something about life, there's something about how we live, where, where things that are growing somehow seem to always spend time embedded in darkness. From pregnancy, from the beauty of pregnancy on out, time spent embedded in darkness. It's been beautiful, folks, to have a chance to read through these prayers that we've been offering this Advent season. So what we've been doing every week is, is we've, we've been coming forward at the end of the service during Advent. We've been writing out these cards, and then the cards have been folded, and they've been put in that little basket. And then we get together, and we pray over these cards. They get prayed over actually three times a week, one time out loud with a group. And it's so incredibly powerful to hear that. Because what it is, it's, it's, it's when you read through these cards, it's interesting hearing what people talk about. And what they hope for. Now, I want to give you a big fancy word that you can impress people with at your Christmas Eve party after New Church Live. It's the word liminal. Could we all say liminal? Liminal. Liminal space is what these cards talk about. So what does liminal space mean? Well, liminal space is the space right between darkness and light. It's right on that very edge like, I, I, I get up, but you know, on Sundays, I, I get up because I'm neurotic. You know, I get up at like 5.30 in the morning. And it's an incredibly beautiful time of day. It's not bright enough to see, but you can kind of sense the day coming on. It's a beautiful time. If you've never awoken for, for a sunrise like that, like, very spiritual time right then. That's liminal space. That's liminal space. It's sort of, ready for this, it's life-giving darkness. It's a form of life-giving darkness. So what happens is, is pretty simple. Is You know, we get together and, and, and we look through these cards and, and some of them are fun and, and, and some of them are so poignant, you know, but they all have this basic same narrative to them. This was one from, a, I'm assuming, a younger member of the congregation I pray for faith in God and trust that he will take care of my family and I, regardless of my fears. I pray for gratitude and putting others' needs ahead of mine. Amen. Can you see the light in the dark there? 
you can see the light, you know, that hope, like this is, this is what I want. These are these little pieces of my life that I want, these little stars I want to start to navigate by. And it's embedded that largely I live my life and I'm very much afraid, regardless of my fears. These cards over and over again, and I'm not going to read them out loud because some of them are actually praying beautiful prayers for other members of the congregation. But you read through these and you know what I feel like I'm reading? Cards of very wise men and cards of very wise women. Cards of you. Snapshots over and over and over again. Listen carefully. Snapshots of the night sky. Snapshots of liminal space. Snapshots of people facing a divorce or addiction or financial difficulties, or all these things. But, but through that all, continuing to reach out and hold out for the gift of light. Continuing to reach out and hold out for the gift of night. Truly beautiful when you, when you do start to read that. Now, some of you are aware, too, you know, we, we have a, a large online contingent. One of the people who watches on occasion online when they're not at their home church and has actually been here before, and his wife has actually sung in our, in our choir before, is, is Mark Young. I want to show you a picture here of Mark. You see Mark with the big v, victory sign there? Mark, and this, is, and this is no secret, Mark was just diagnosed a couple weeks ago with terminal cancer. And this is, this is what he did. This is from, the, from the, the local paper, the Glenview Lantern. After Mark Youngie, age 60, was diagnosed with inoperable terminal cancer, his friend Kevin Smith teamed up with Youngie's family, friends, neighbors, and the Glenview New Church to throw the, listen to this, to throw the world's largest water balloon fight. Five days later on Saturday, December 12th. See, folks, that beauty, you know, Mark actually, he has a, he has a, a big bullseye on his back. That beauty where, where even, even in dark times where we can continue to reach for the light. See, see, I think that is the story of the wise men, the wise women that we're talking about here. I think that is the story of these cards. I think that is a story of Christmas that is rich. That is rich. It's not just a two-dimensional kind of, uh, you know, present fest. It, it, it's something much, much richer. And something, I think, much truer to, to, to what most of our experiences are. There, there hasn't been a single card in here, you know, you know I want a hippopotamus for Christmas. Like, like there hasn't been a single card like that. Why not? Because there's something deeper that you know about Christmas, about Advent, about this season about the promise that we celebrate Thursday night when you bring 12 friends with you. There's something you know. I think some of the parts that we start to understand with this light that we start to see as as they begin to shift for us, I think part of it is this. We start to understand that when these things happen, when we start to move in these ways, it's a summons, and let's say the last word there, from it's a quote from Martin Buber, a summons and a, there's a summons and ascending there. There's a way in which three wise people 
gather together. There's a way in which we gather and start moving in our lives. Now, now maybe that movement is literal, but maybe that movement is just in your brain. And it's, it's, it's why we so need community to be part of this journey. Like, like it's not that we have our, our spiritual life and it's not detached from community. It's all connected in with community, especially in times of night. Especially in times of night. So this is what we do. Grab a hand or two to hold and jump in. That's the story of these wise men. Now as the band comes out, when I come back, I want to talk about what that jumping in actually looks like. Like what does it actually look like to jump in with three gifts? And the most important gift, a fourth gift that we never talk about, but might just have actually trumped gold, frankincense, and myrrh. So what I want to talk about now is, is you know, what was it like, like, like that gift giving? So there's, there's a part of the story here that needs set up. Like these wise men, traditionally, they were traveling with three gifts. And many of you know these, some of you may not, but, but let's shout them out together so everybody knows what the three gifts were. Gold, frankincense, myrrh. That's traditionally the three gifts that these three wise men carry. Now just picture yourself in that place of the wise men. You spent a lot of time waiting. A lot of time looking up at the sky, ready for this, a lot of time where you just fall in love with stars, falling in love with the night sky. Felt like it has told you again and again about God. And then all of a sudden there's a star you'd never seen before. You never had imagined a star this beautiful. And you saw that star up there in the sky, and you know you, you quickly went to the owner's manual. And, and you looked, it's like, this star is a prophecy of the Messiah. A prophecy of somebody, something being born into the world, God coming anew, the first Noel, that prophecy, that prophecy, that prophecy. And just picture yourself. Like, again, the, the Bible, we have to see the Bible as beautiful poetry. Like, like there was so much truth that stuff happened to him. They had to write it in poetic form because, again, poetic truth can, can convey things that, that maybe just literal historical truth can't. And, and you picture the poetic truth here of, of like them seeing it. And we can just imagine, imagine what, what, what would have happened to their souls and their hearts as they saw that star. Talk about an exciting trip. I mean, just, just, again, think of that. Like, all of a sudden, you, you can see this thing. It's, it's, you know, you can see God, God in flesh in the world, and, and he's coming, and he's coming to be part of your life, and you get to go and see him, and you see this call, and the movement that that journey would have been. Just incredible. Just incredible. And all life's journeys have bumps on the road. All life's journeys have bumps on the road. And there was one big bump. <laughs> His name was Herod. Now, Herod was the king who sort of controlled that time period. Herod, you look, I'm a big history guy. Herod, you look at him, he was, he was awful. Like, we have accounts of how just horrible this man was. 
and these are three kings bearing three gifts. Their job, obviously, as kings was to go and offer tribute to Herod. And they went to see Herod, and all of a sudden when they go to see Herod, the night sky goes dark. Now, not dark where there's no stars, but just they couldn't see that star anymore. And Herod couldn't see that star either. It's interesting, you know, again, like that Herod place, and it's something I think it needs preached on again and again at Christmas. Like, there is a Herod space, I think, in all of us. How many of you are going to be in the Christmas spirit the entire day of Christmas? How many of you are going to be in the Christmas spirit until the kids get fussy? Or when somebody says, is that it? Oh, it's right. Those are my kids, you know? Uh, it'll, it'll last so long. And, and, and I think it's important to understand that there is this hair part. Like there's, there's this liminal space, there's this darkness, this sort of this loamy, earthy ground apart out of which things grow. And there's also a darkness out of which nothing grows. A part of us that simply can't see. Like somebody posted this picture, and it was it was of two people, and they're racing for an easy pass. Did anybody see this, like, on Facebook? They're racing to get through an easy pass stall, and neither of them gives an inch. So they both crash into each other and are stuck in the easy pass stall. <laughs> I'm thinking, yeah, there's all kinds of things. I'm thinking, I'm, I'm giggling a little bit because the one guy is actually trapped in his car. He's fine, but he's, like, sitting in his car, and the other guy's sitting in his car because the doors are all squashed. I'm thinking, like, he'd be looking over at the guy. What would he even say? You know? Oh, oh, oh. It, right? And, and everybody raised their hand. In the certain circumstances, you would do that. Right? Certain time, you would do that. You'd be like, so, I'm, son of a gun's not beating me to the easy pass. You see, that, that's the part, right? That's the dark part that it, it just, it just can't see. I mean, I mean, Herod, listen carefully. This is a whole nother sermon. It, it just, but I think it's worth saying. Herod both couldn't see the star. Number one, could not see the star at all. And there's a whole story around that. And, and number two, Herod's the only character in the Easter story that doesn't move. He's the only, sorry, the only story. I'm getting it easy pass first. <laughs> the, only, the, only, the only part of Christmas, the only character in the Christmas story that, 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 doesn't, that doesn't actually move. Like, isn't that fascinating to you? Isn't that fascinating? You see the poetry there, folks? We would call it being stuck. And Herod was stuck. And yet, those wise men, those wise women, continued on their journey. And that's where we pick up the story here. This is from Matthew 2, 9 through 12. After they, the three wise men, had heard the king, King Herod, they went on their way, and the star they had seen in the east, the star they had seen in front of them, went ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were overjoyed. Overjoyed. If we could pull up that slide. Can we all say overjoyed together? They were Overjoyed. Just imagine, like, like you had this joy, you know, and folks, like this is so much our lives, right? You know, things start, and, and then we, we have all that initial excitement, like, oh, this is going to be the best thing ever. We can do the best thing ever. This will be the greatest thing ever. And then all of a sudden, you run into darkness, right? You know what I mean? You start out with marriage, and 18 months later, like, what did I do? 
we hit those dark spots, those harid spots, those black holes that are so dense and so stuck, they suck in all the light. So stuck there. And the only way to see the light, like, is, is we have to move. We have to move. We have to move. And this is why we have to move. If we go back one slide, I want to talk about why that movement has to happen. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. Has not overcome it. So, so, so we hit that darkness, and in the darkness, the darkness just can't overcome that, that light. And, and we need to continue to allow that light to flourish in our heart and to move so that we can start to see it again. And in seeing it again, there's great joy. Some Bible translations had that the the light shone in the darkness and the darkness comprehended it not. That's another way you could translate it. Equally beautiful because the darkness just can't see it. It can't overcome it. It can't see it. So we need to go to a place where we can see it again. And that's that place where it talks about simply being overjoyed. On coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary. They bowed down and worshiped him. Then they opened their treasures and presented them with gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And that's where the gifts get offered. Now, I want to talk just for a minute about these gifts. Like, like in the new church, we believe these gifts sort of have a, a poetic meaning. You know, gold is, is when we offer what is good. And then, and then frankincense and myrrh, these, these are the deep affections that we bring as well and we offer. Now, I want to see if there's, a, if there's a young adult in here. Do we have any kids in here who would just come up for one quick second? Just literally, you'll only be on stage for like three seconds. Anybody brave enough? Any little kids brave enough out there? I hear, I hear parents whispering to their kids, you are. Anybody brave enough? I heard a chair. I can't see you, so you have to say we're on our way. On our way, all right. Give them a round of applause, folks. They come on up here. Let's see where they're coming from. All right, so come on over here. First off, thank you for being so brave. May the force be with you. <laughs> so, so stand right here. Okay, stand right here. Okay, okay, okay. So he gave me a terrarium last Christmas, and it's still alive. So just, you know, it's one of my favorite kids. So, you know, what we have with our gifts is that we get gold, right? And then frankincense. And here comes the myrrh. Now, 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 these gifts, again, these, you're doing great, son. You know, these, these gifts, like, like they're, they're beautiful. They're, they're wonderful things. But sometimes, don't you feel like the gifts can even get in the way? Yes or no? Can the gifts get in the way? Yes. Yes, 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 yes. I was talking to my dear friend, Rob, and they went out to see a show, and then he goes over to Anissa's house, and they just have this great time. And the gift was simply they sat around together and ate pizza. So when you read this story, you have to see, yeah, gold, frankincense, and myrrh, and and the gifts are really good, but that there's also something good in this. You want to put the gifts down? There's something good in putting the gifts down. Give them a round of applause, folks. That's what I want to talk about. All right, like, like, so what? So, you know, like, put gifts down. 
fourth gift. Please listen carefully, folks. Please, 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 please. Take a note on your phone, text it to a loved one. The most significant gift I think that the wise men ended up offering was this, the gift of open arms. The gift of open arms. Could we say that together? The gift of open arms. Put yourself in their shoes. Put yourself where they were. Here, you know, they have their three gifts, and I can imagine them going like, I mean, if they're like me, you know, I'm thinking like, I want to give my gift first. So no one else's gift is quite as cool as frankincense. But, you know, probably a little bit of that competition, a little bit of that stuff, but, and they carry in their gifts, they carry in their gifts, they're carrying their gifts. And just think, like, here's a woman with a beautiful baby, the Messiah. What would you want to do with that baby? Hold it. What do you think Mary said, A or B? Give me those gifts, or would you like to hold them? Which do you think, folks? B. B. Would you like to hold them? Folks, just even picture. Picture her face. Picture knowing that these men had traveled hundreds of miles, which would be like thousands of miles for us. Picture them walking in. Picture the joy, the light, the star in their eyes. Picture the, the incredible humility of these kings. Come to worship this infant child. Picture that. And picture Mary just looking up at them with a smile. Do you think they put those gifts down in a hurry? What do you think? I think they did. That gift of open arms. And maybe this is what they discovered. Picking up that infant. Listen to this line. Picking up that infant. Allowing that infant to look at us. To see us. Gives us that feeling that God's love is under us. Undergirds us. Supports us. And the last two words, supports us and, and needs us. That is beautiful, beautiful line. Because it does sort of beg the question. Like, look at this picture. What did the wise men experience? Did they get an experience of holding God? Or did they get an experience of God holding them? I think they got an experience of God holding them. And you think about how life transformative that would be. I mean, I, I think for me, you know, I, I, I wasn't, uh, you know, when we first had our kids, I was not a big, like, baby guy. Some guys are baby guys and some guys aren't. I'm more like teenage football kind of guy. And, and, and the baby thing, you know, it escaped me for a long time, to be honest. And, and the flip has come from realizing that, that I, you know, I used to sort of, sort of think of holding a baby like, like holding a hand grenade, that I didn't want it to explode or to make noise or any of those things. So it was like, <gasps> and then I realized, no, 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 I'm not holding that baby. That baby is holding me. And that somehow starts to shift it all. So as we walk through the Christmas season, as we start to move in these ways, really get clear, allow yourself to settle is in the, into that there is a necessary darkness in Christmas. Like if you're coming here and you're thinking, how come everyone else gets a nice Christmas and I don't? I got a whole stack of cards that says otherwise. We all struggle. 
Many of us struggle more so at Christmas than any other time. But we all struggle. And maybe there's a way that we can hold that darkness, both as a seed in the ground that needs darkness to grow, and as a star in the sky with which we need darkness to see. And maybe that darkness then can become this life-giving force, not by giving into the forces of darkness around Herod, who can never see, who will never be able to see. Don't even spend time arguing there. Get out of Dodge. Find that place where you can breathe and see the star again, knowing that, yes, it is darkness, but maybe, maybe, maybe the darkness has no power over the light. Something I bet you already know. I want to show you the way that can work. It's a little Santa video from England. It's of parents who've brought their little daughter who can't hear. And you imagine that the parents, like, here's this daughter who's deaf. They put put her the daughter on Santa's lap and like, what do you do? I mean, I could imagine, you know, having a special needs kid like that, that would be really challenging. Like, what would you do? How could you handle this? You're hoping the kid doesn't get embarrassed. I want you to take a look at the way the Santa Claus over in this English mall, this British mall, handles that situation. A beautiful story there of light in the midst of darkness. And you just think, like, look at her face. Look at her face. That's a wise man. That's, I mean, it's one of the three. Beautiful stuff. See, we can choose, folks, to live in that place. Like, we can choose that. Like, like really, like, put yourself in that place. You can choose to live that. You can choose to live with darkness, and you can choose at the same time, even in the midst of that darkness, to get that the darkness has nothing on it. Darkness is simply, and I say this again and again, if you haven't heard this, please listen carefully. Darkness is this simply. It's simply the absence of light. Darkness is simply the absence of light. So bring light. Bring light. Your own little peace. You're not the sun. (laughs) Just bring your own little peace. Allow that to stir in your heart and allow that to be a summons and ascending. A movement out there into the new year. We're now going to celebrate the third candle of Advent. The first candle was hope, the second was peace, and the third was love. And we light each one coming out of the hope candle. So I'd ask for two volunteers, and we can go with adults. Do we have two, two volunteers or a family who wants to come up and light these last two candles? Somebody who's brave. Come on up. there we have our three candles, hope, peace, and love. And again, those are the pieces of light that we bring into Christmas. This has been celebrated, folks. This has been celebrated 
thousands of years in Christianity. This part of light, even in the midst of dark. What we're going to do now is now you'll have the opportunity to come out. If you want to come out and write a prayer, put it in the basket. We'll be praying over them this week. If you want to just have a moment of quiet reflection in your seat, that's fine as well. So we'll have some musical background for you again, and you're more than welcome to come on out, fill out a card, put it in the basket as we think about that third week of Advent. So, thank you. As they're playing in the background, the band's going to come out. I want to offer a prayer. And then what I'd ask you all to do is to stand up as we sing We Three Kings. So please join me in prayer. Lord, thank you for your presence here among us today. And Lord, allow us to feel your light. Even, Lord, in those times of liminal darkness, Lord, allow us to feel that light. A light that warms our hearts, a light that gives sight, a light, Lord, that lets us know that we are loved, that we are here on this earth to make a difference in your name, to move forward humbly, patiently, with compassion. Allow us, Lord, to recognize that there are gifts we offer, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And Lord, allow this as well to know that the greatest gift we may offer this Christmas is the gift of putting it down and offering this. The simple gift of open arms. Arms open to others. Arms open to you. Arms open to our loved ones. Be with us in that spirit, Lord million little spots of light, a million spots of light, seeds calling us home. In your name we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening. You can support this podcast at www.newchurchlive.tv. 